be with y'all tonight. Romans chapter 3 for a little while. One thing about being a pastor, when you pastor a church, for some reason people think you know something, and they start asking you questions. <laughs> I get asked a lot of questions, don't you, Jack? And um, a lot of good questions. But uh, a lot of what, what I'm asked about, and I know others are because I've talked to them, uh, probably more than anything else, the questions often have to do with the law of God and the believer's relationship with the law of God. And it, it doesn't surprise me that Paul deals so much with that in the scriptures, just so much, the book of Galatians, and just all through the letters of of the New Testament but in Romans chapter 3 I think some of the clearest language regarding it and it, it being asked questions like that impresses upon me the need for simplicity the need for plainness of of speech Paul said seeing that we have such a hope we use great plainness of speech let's be clear about what we're talking about especially at this time there's a need for clarity in Romans chapter 3, look at verse 19. We'll, we'll start there and just kind of go word by word if the Lord is pleased to bless us. I want to I try to be clear. I was talking to a fellow that we're dealing with, and, and Jack talked about me. I do want to talk about, you know, the things that are going on up there, and, and uh, but we, we'll do that afterwards if that's all right with you, Jack. We'll just, because we'll end up, if y'all... Y'all don't need to get to bed early. We'll just stay and talk. But uh, I was talking to a fellow that we were dealing with at the bank with regard to purchasing this building that we're that we're looking at, and uh, he was telling me about his pastor. You know, and I, you, you try to avoid letting people know that you're a preacher if you possibly can. But in situations like that, you're buying a church. You're the one that's got a sign, and people are going to know that. Of course, he got to talking about his pastor. He said, he's such a great man. I never have known anybody like him. And I said, well, what's so great about him, you know? And he said, he said well, he's just on another level. <laughs> and I said, well, I didn't say it. I was thinking, well, you know, what level is he on? He needs to be on the level with everybody else, I think. But I, I said, well, you know, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, just the way he talks, you can't even hardly understand what he says. He's so in tune with God. <laughs> and I, I thought, man, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. I've heard a few like that, too. And he went on to say, you know, he's not much of a pastor. He said, he's not really much of a pastor, but he's a great preacher. <laughs> I started getting an idea of what this guy must be like. He's too much of a big shot to really have anything to do with anybody. But uh, he's on another level. And I thought, Lord, deliver me from that. You know, the temptation is to try to preach in such a way as to impress people. I don't ever, I found out a long time ago I'm not ever going to impress anybody with my preaching. So I might as well just be clear <laughs> if I can. And that's what I want to do. But from Romans 3.19, it Paul said, now we know, we know, we know this, that what things soever the law saith, 
It saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Now we know, he says, that what things soever the law saith. The law of God has something to say to sinners like you and I. What does the law say? Well, he just got through talking about that in verse, from verse 10 up to verse 19 there. Look at verse 10. He says, as it is written. As it is written. What is God's law? You think about the Ten Commandments when I asked you that? That's what most people think of. God's law is this. It is written. If God wrote it, it's his law. Everything he says, <laughs> he doesn't make suggestions, and he doesn't give advice. Thus saith the Lord. That's God's law. The first five books of the Bible are called the law of God, and all of his word is his law. Christ said, if you love me, keep my commandments. What are his commandments? Everything he says. <laughs> Everything. So as it is written, that's God's what, what does the law say? There's not anybody righteous. It could have just stopped right there, couldn't it? That had been clear. No, not one. Because as much as you say that, as many times as you say there's none righteous, <laughs> well, I know we're sinners, but no, not one. Not one. There's none that understandeth. You're not good. You're not smart. <laughs> There's none that seeketh after God. You're not good. You're not smart. And you don't want to be. <laughs> Isn't that what it's saying? You're not even looking for it. You're not looking for God. Or his will. Or his way. There's none that seeketh. They are all going out of the way. They are together. Look at all of the, the ways in which he includes everybody. Become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, <laughs> not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher or grave, an open tomb. With their tongues they have used deceit, the poison of asps, the poison of snakes. Snake venom is under their lips. What a description. whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. What does the law say? It's not good, is it? Not good for us. Not a pretty picture of us. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. Not only do we not know God, we don't seek God, but we don't even respect God. No fear of God before their eyes. No reverence for God. Now we know that all these things that the law says, what does the law say? It says that you're filthy, wicked, stupid, and have no desire to be any different. <laughs> Is that clear enough? Mm. Who's it saying it to? Well, Paul's talking about the heathen. It's obvious, isn't it? 
Yeah, he is. <laughs> he sure enough is. He's talking about us, all right. Look at it in the text there. Now, what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law. He just got us there, didn't he? He got every one of us. That how many mouths may be stopped? If you got a mouth, you're in there. You're included in that. And how much of the world? All the world. That's who he's talking to. He's talking about the heathen, all right, but we tend to think that that's those folks, you know, the unenlightened ones. Well, we are. That's a good description of us. Well, we know what the law says, and we know who it's talking to. Why does it say what it says? The title of this message is this, What the Law Saith and Why. He says... It saith to them who are under the law, so that, here's why, right here. Well, first of all, let me say this. The law doesn't say what it does in order to inspire us to do better, does it? That's not why it says what it does. God doesn't have any illusions about you and I. He knows what we are. And he's not, he didn't send his law to make us better. If he did, it didn't work, did it? So that's not the purpose of it. Many people are deceived in that. If that's God's attempt, you know, to show us the way. Christ is the way. Christ is the way. The law doesn't tell us what it does so that we'll know how we need to act in order to gain God's favor. The law, the law says what it does to show you that you don't have God's favor and you're not ever going to have it in yourself. Now, if that's not what it's saying, then me and Paul are liars. It tells you what you are so that you will know that you're not ever going to have God's favor of yourself. Isn't that what Paul said? Now, we, here's the conclusion of it, that by the deeds of the flesh of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. That's what Paul concluded, and I'll just have to conclude the same thing. Well... Why does the law say what it says? It doesn't say it in order to make you feel good about yourself. You might wonder how anybody could look at God's law and feel good about themselves, but we do, don't we, by nature. Sinners will put God's law up on their wall or what they, you know, see as, as God's law. Put it up on the wall and walk by that every day and say, well, I didn't murder anybody today. <laughs> didn't cheat on my wife, check begin to feel good about themselves. How can you look at the law of God and start feeling good about yourself if you're a blind, deceived, black-hearted wretch? That's how. Just like all of us are by nature. You know how I know people do that? Because I'm a sinner. I know how we think. I know what's going on on the inside. Because it's going on on the inside of me. Paul said, you that would be under the law, don't you hear the law? We can ask that question now, seeing something of the, of the reality, the spiritual nature of God's law. I haven't murdered anybody today. Christ said if you've hated anybody in your heart, if you got mad at anybody without a cause today, don't put a check by that one. <laughs> I can't put one there, can you? Didn't cheat on my wife today, check. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, if you've looked at anybody with lust in your heart, Better get the eraser out. Take that check mark off of there now. 
Don't you hear what the law is saying? What things soever the law saith. The law is talking. It's talking to us. It's talking to you. It's talking to me. And we know what it says, or I hope we do. It's pretty clear what it's saying, isn't it? That we're not, we're not good and we're not ever going to be good. We're not worthy of God's favor. We don't have God's favor in and of ourselves, and we're not ever going to. Never going to be justified by the deeds of the law. So why is it saying what it's saying? Well, Paul says that there's a, a reason for it. He says it says it that, so that. And there are three parts to the only response, or the only appropriate response to God's law. Let's look at those three things together. He says that first of all, it says what it says, that every mouth may be stopped. What things soever the law saith, it saith to everybody that's under the law, so that every one of them will shut up. <laughs> Isn't that right? Oh, man. Well, I know I'm a, I, we're a sinner. We've done some bad things. But shut up. Time to shut up. Our mouth constantly needs to be stopped. And the only thing that will stop it is the clear condemnation of self that's in the truth of God. The only thing that will stop us from bragging on the flesh, the only thing that will stop us, I'm talking about us as believers, from leaning on the flesh, from trusting our flesh, from looking to the flesh, is what God gave to shut our mouths. every mouth may be stopped don't ever speak again about your goodness or your righteousness or anything about yourself except in condemnation agreeing with God against yourself never again let's open our mouths to do what we're so good at justifying ourselves justify ourselves men can do the blackest deeds and excuse themselves for doing condemn everybody else for the smallest things, trifling things. The reason that we have to shut up is because God is speaking now. His law speaks, and we have to shut up. Because what we're saying is not what he's saying. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. What we say, the thoughts and intents of our heart and the ideas that we have, of ourselves and him and the way sinners are saved are contrary to what he said. And they're not but one thing for us to do, but to just quit it. Quit it. And listen to him and be taught of God. And God will have to shut us up and show us that everything that we know is a lie. Paul said that in another place. Let God be true every man this man that man every man a liar show us that everything that we are and know is lies and sin before he'll teach you the truth regarding ourselves and himself and how he saves sinners by grace through faith in his blessed son and then secondly the law says what it does that 
we will shut up. And secondly, that we will become guilty. We was already guilty, weren't we? Yeah, we, we're guilty anyway, but we're going to have to become guilty. <laughs> you know what that means, don't you? I'm going to have to say guilty. I'm going to have to come like the Israelites did before the Lord to Moses when those fiery serpents had bitten them and they saw themselves hanging up on the mercy of God and they came and said, We have law says what it does for that reason now to bring you to the place where you pronounce judgment upon yourself agreeing with God against yourself because he's true and we're liars can you do that if the Lord Jesus Christ called you a filthy no good dog like he did that woman could you say with her truth Lord not just calling her a dog now but calling her a dog that's not worthy of his mercy it wouldn't be right for me to have mercy on you <laughs> wait a minute there's not a whole lot of fine upstanding church folks that would go along with that you reckon that's why you gotta stop being a fine upstanding church folk and become a guilty wretch before God guilty wretch law doesn't make us guilty does it but it reveals our guilt it reveals our guilt mm. the mirror doesn't make me ugly <laughs> but if I look in the mirror I can see how ugly I am you know what I'm saying oh my God's law reveals our condition before him and that brings us to the third reason why God gave his law. Look at verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh. Now, we talked about being clear, didn't we? Talked about just laying it out there so that nobody can misunderstand. And you tell me whether Paul does that here or not. No flesh. No, not one. There's none righteous. There's just nothing any clearer. There shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. By the law is the knowledge of sin. That's what we just said. The law reveals our sin. When we understand the spiritual nature of God's law and how we're all condemned by it in every part, then comes the knowledge of sin. Paul said, I was alive once without the law, but then the law came, the commandment came, and sin revived, and I died. The sin of my heart, my sinful condition before God became evident, and it killed me. The law of God slew me. And that's what needs to happen here to all of these who are guilty before God. That's every one of us. By the law is the knowledge of sin. Paul said in Romans 8 there, There is therefore now no condemnation. To them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the law, but after the uh, not after the flesh. Let's look at it. Romans 8. I don't want to misquote it. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, 
God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Now there's some things the law can do and there's some things the law can't do. In our text in Romans 3, we're seeing what the law can do and what it was given in order to do. Isn't that what Paul... The law says what it says that. <laughs> it can shut us up. It can show us that we've got nothing to say in our own defense. Job said, if I... If I justify myself, my own words condemn me. If I try to clean myself, he'll throw me in the ditch. I've got nothing to say about how God describes me except truth. Truth. So the law can do that, and it does. And it can show us our guilt before God. And it does do that. But there's some things the law can't do. The law shows me that I'm unrighteous but it can't make me righteous. It can't, it can't make me right. It can't give me favor with God. Can it? That Pharisee, that, that Levite that walked by, that Samaritan, that, the, the man that was bleeding in the ditch that the good Samaritan came to and had mercy on him. He represented the law of God. He passed by on the other side. He couldn't do anything for him. God's law, there's some things it can do and there's some things it can't do. And we as God's people need to understand that and the sinner who doesn't know God needs to see that. What the law could not do, what else can the law not do? I need life too, don't I? And the law can't make me alive. All the law can do is kill me. Paul said sin revived. The commandment came, sin revived, and I died. It slays me. It puts me in the dust before God can't give me life who can let's get to that the third thing that the law is given in order to do back to chapter 3 but now the deeds of the law no flesh can be justified what the law could not do now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. What is that talking about? Well, he's not, he's not talking about righteousness that doesn't have anything to do with God's law because the very definition of righteousness is conformance to the law. Isn't that right? So we're not throwing God's law out. He hasn't abandoned his holiness and his judgment and justice. But without the law means without you keeping the law. Righteousness without you measuring up to God's law. And I'm interested in that, aren't you? If the law has said to you what it says when God speaks, then you're interested in this. The righteousness of God without the law is manifested being what? Here's another voice. Witnessed by the law and the prophets by God's word the ten commandments don't witness of grace do they <laughs> that law there must be something else isn't it it's God's word it's everything that God ever said this gospel of God's grace apart from me keeping the deeds of the law has been witnessed also the law speaks but there's another voice that falls on my ear the voice of the gospel 
voice of God's prophet saying, Peace, peace. There's one that comes, the Prince of Peace. There's the gospel that falls upon our ear as well. The law speaks. We shut up. And then we hear the gospel voice. Isn't that right? But now the righteousness of God. Even the righteousness of God. That's the only righteousness that's going to do you any good. How righteous do I have to be? Well, I'll do better. I'll keep God. I'll, you know, I've done some bad things. I'll do better. No, you need the very righteousness of God or you're going to spend the rest of eternity in hell. But even the righteousness of God is ours. How? Which is by faith of Jesus Christ. It didn't say faith in Jesus Christ. Although, if you're going to have this righteousness, you're going to have faith in Jesus Christ, aren't you? That's right. And he's fixing to talk about that. But he ain't done it yet. By the faith of Jesus Christ. You look at that original word there, faith, it means faithfulness. By faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean? Again, we're trying to be clear, aren't we? It's not by you being faithful to God's law. This righteousness comes by him being faithful to God's law. And it's unto all them that believe. Now there's your faith right there, right? The faith that God, that's God-given faith. The faith of God's elect right there. Them which believe. For there's no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's no difference. Do you have any idea what it was like for a, for a Jew, one of God's chosen people, for Paul to say to him, there's not any difference between you and that Gentile dog over there? That's the worst thing he said as far as them being able to hear it, wasn't it? All this, your feet are swift to shed blood. They're like, oh, that's bad. But when he said, you're just like that Gentile dog over there, that's like me telling you, there's not a lick of difference between you and Hitler. Not a lick of difference. And that's what I'm telling you. They're not any difference. Not any, what do you mean? I had none. Oh, yeah. You're as guilty as he is before God. As guilty as any man ever was and capable of every evil that man is capable of conceiving. not any difference for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus let me give you three or four things real quick and we'll be done this is the third thing now there's only three parts to the appropriate response to what God's law says to you shut up become guilty in your own estimation pronounce Give the flesh a vote of no confidence like Paul did. We have no confidence in the flesh. And then thirdly, flee to Christ. Flee to Christ. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Because it says justified freely there, I have hope. The word freely means literally without a cause. 
doesn't mean God didn't have a reason for doing it. He got a reason for everything he does. What it means is there wasn't any reason in you for him to do it. And that tells me that God, just because he wanted to, had mercy on me. Just because he wanted to. And that's good enough. That's good enough. He did it for you. And then because it says that it's by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, I rejoice in the blood. Because the only way God can justify me is if my sins are gone. The only way God can justify me is if I'm just. You heard what I said. The Lord declares in his word that he that justifieth the guilty and he that condemneth the righteous is an abomination in his sight. Now God is either an abomination in his own sight or because of the redemption that I have in Christ Jesus, I am perfect and righteous and holy in God's sight. Lord Jesus Christ became sin for me. If God condemned a righteous man, he's an abomination to himself. And if he justified a guilty man, he's an abomination to himself. Now that's clear, isn't it? That's why the word says Christ was made sin for us. The blessed Son of God who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him it's through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus the law has accomplished these three things in my heart I'm telling you God shut me up and he's still shutting me up and he's revealed the blackness of my heart to me and when I see it and when I hear his law I run to Christ just as fast as I can go that's why he gave his law now. Paul said the law is a schoolmaster. To perform what? To accomplish what? To bring us to Christ. Look at Hebrews 9.12. I'm done. This is that redemption that we just talked about. Hebrews 9.12 It wasn't by the blood of goats and calves but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place having obtained because it says having obtained if words mean anything and God has given me a mind and a heart to, to, to understand words plain English that means that what Christ did on that cross obtained redemption for somebody. That he, it wasn't a potential thing. It wasn't contingent upon anything. That when he went there, he accomplished something. He said he did. He said it's finished. And Paul says he did. Says he obtained something. He obtained redemption. Upon which basis I'm justified freely in the sight of God. And finally, because it says that he obtained eternal redemption, if words mean anything, 
That word eternal there means having no beginning or end. It means that which always has been and always will be. Is that clear enough? The, the redemption that Christ obtained upon the cross. There was a day on this earth, a specific time that he died. But what he accomplished there is timeless. Abraham was saved the same way I am on the same basis by the same redemption and God hasn't ever changed his mind about this sinner did God hate me before Christ died and then when Christ died he said well I love that one that Christ died for he never has changed his mind about me has he he's always seen me in Christ because what Christ did there was an eternal work there is eternal blood that speaks for me as Ed Hale wrote in that beautiful song Eternal blood speaks for this sinner, and I rejoice in that. Let's bow in prayer. Lord, thank you for bringing me here. What a blessing. I pray that, that what was said will be clear, Lord. Bless it. It's so feeble, but I know that you're able to bless, and I know that you've promised to bless your word do so and cause us to rejoice in the great redeemer who obtained eternal redemption for us and upon the basis of that eternal redemption we're justified freely by your grace help us to worship him bless our time together in him in his name we pray